Hey, I'm Brenna. And I'm AC. And welcome to An Obsessive Nature, where we're geeks, but we're also writers now. God damn it, I'm exhausting. It feels like... I'm exhausting. I'm exhausted. It feels like it's been (laughs) two years since we've done this. Yeah. How are you? Tired and good. It's only 7.30, so we really shouldn't be that tired if we're only, you know, in our mid-20s, so... Yeah, but this last month has been bullshit. I know. I mean, I've been on an airplane four times. Oh my god. It's exhausting. You better be happy you didn't get Johnson Johnson, because according to that, I only have 3% protection (gasps) right now, so I'm like, kind of freaking out. (laughs) Oh shit, yeah, definitely happy. Uh, Yeah, but yes, I understand your pain too. (laughs) This month has been... I don't know. Pretty stressful and tiring and yeah. Well, there have been good things. Did you enjoy the Jonas Brothers concert? I didn't go. (laughs) (gasps) No. I don't know. Not nobody could go, and like I didn't want to go alone, and it was just like. But it also was fine because I have amazing tickets to BTS, uh, so that is why I would Mm. like the booster as soon as possible because I have to fly to LA for that. So. Yeah, shit, man. So I'm very excited. I it was very stressful to get tickets, but I got tickets for the last day of their like four day thing in LA, and I'm very excited. I love how they're like, we can only come, we can come to the United States because y'all have no restrictions. I'm like, yep, we sure don't. <laughs> it's true. Well, the All Time Low concert I went to was great, but just like being around that many people was exhausting. And I can't believe like the Vances went to like three concerts in like the span of three days. And I'm like, how do you do that? Because <laughs> they went to Harry Styles like twice, I think, and and then the Jonas Brothers. And I'm like, I, I can't. Yeah, there were so many people there who had been to uh, several recently, and I'm just like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I still feel dead. And they started one minute early, which has never happened before, I think, in the history of music concerts. Oh, no, never. <laughs> but, like, everything was done by, like, 10-something. Wow. <laughs> I know. But anyways, um, we're, because we're so dead, we're going to do a mini-sode. That's yeah. the goal, at least talk about querying and I was going to I might still talk a little bit about um writing a eulogy because I did that for my grandma recently and it was very uh interesting experience as a writer but I am also feeling slightly emotionally exhausted today no I just think the the whole logistics of it is just very interesting especially I always love your perspective coming from somebody that is writing in a different style than I am writing in right now so exactly well and the whole and I found out too one of my friends who actually quoted in the eulogy um (laughs) because we have lots of good chats about grief because he lost his grandpa recently apparently also Mm -hmm. did a eulogy for his grandpa but he had like one night to do it so yeah my when my grandfather passed away the end of uh last year my mom I think my mom was just saying how expensive it is in the in papers for like obituaries isn't that just insane it's like a eight dollars a word and she's like i had to oh my condense God. my online one so much because it was so expensive it's and like crazy. with that generation you know that people want to see them in the obituaries because they are actually reading the obituaries like in newspapers yeah. still so it's like oh good mm. lord it's just a lot of because my mom went through all of that and she's kind of the writer of of my family's uh of her siblings so she went yeah. through similar <laughs> as well yeah i was glad i was able to i edit the obituary i I think i got emailed to my mom and she just forwarded it to me because she was exhausted 
obviously. Yeah. It was like yeah. the next day or a couple days after. And I was like, yes, yeah. of course, I can copy edit this for you. Like, no problem. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah. It all happens at once because there's, right? you know, it all happens at once. I think with, with my grandfather, they, they did have a funeral, but it was very, um, I don't Well, actually, I don't even think it was that small, but it was during COVID. So it was like a lot. I don't know. Yeah. It obviously had to be. I say during COVID. Come on, we're still in COVID. And it's been like two and a half yeah. years now. But <laughs> but we kind of understand how to navigate it. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. But I wear my N95 <laughs> at the concert. Yeah, it sucked, mm. especially when I was yeah. moshing. I didn't mosh, but I wanted to. Nobody moshed. Anyways, um, I guess since we're talking about <laughs> it now, I can, <laughs> I can talk a little bit. I do want to talk a little bit more about the writing process. I think immediately said something to my mom about wanting to write it because I had had I had ideas for it it's something I had actually morbidly thought about previously because she had had a high-risk surgery yeah I knew it was something I wanted to do and then I found out the priest that my grandma always wanted to do her funeral was going to be on vacation so that were really my family was like really interested in having somebody else speak like yeah. during the funeral so that it was still like meaningful and personal which didn't happen um at the funeral but we were able to have some of our own family things happen during the reception and now I guess it's a story but anyways uh <laughs> yes I had this freaked out I went I sat down and I wrote most of it and then I sort of had this freak out and decided that it sucked and I and it wasn't really a freak out I was just like oh this isn't good I don't want to stress out I'm not going to finish it and then I like was talking to my sister about it and sort of Kate like told her the speech by memory and she like started crying but like in a good way and she's like that's perfect and I was like oh okay I'm so glad I did it and I'm so 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 fucking glad that I had this like last year or so of writing constantly mm-hmm. and putting things yeah. out because it made even though I did still have that like moment of doubt it made the writing process so much easier as actually able to sit down and get everything out at once which I know I would not have been able to do a year ago that's why they say having a habit of writing every day mm-hmm. <laughs> is a good thing I suppose so I guess just learning how to sit down and like put enough words on paper yeah for me because I just couldn't get words on paper before and Mm -hmm. okay so this is this is really why I wanted to share it um I was able this is like the first time I've done something complete that follows that philosophy of like a full circle story getting you present your intention you do stuff in the middle to like do that and then at the end you're like this is what I did is like this whole the story that does what stories are supposed to do which is like pass along information and I really know and feel that I did that and it was so therapeutic and satisfying and I was really proud of it I was excited in a weird way to share it with my family because I knew it brought me a lot of comfort mm-hmm. um and yeah I don't know 10 out of 10 recommend <laughs> 10 out of 10 <laughs> if I'm you are you in a good experience with it <laughs> a situation where you have to do that <laughs> yeah so yeah I feel really lucky I think my my grief I mean I'm still processing but I think my grieving process was sort of expedited mm-hmm. because of that I'm happy for you and sad for you but <laughs> for different reasons obviously yeah <laughs> you're welcome that's how I feel too so it's appreciated and now <laughs> And now, we're gonna move on. let's listen to Brenda talk about way less important shit. I mean, 
your dreams are important and this is ultimately about your dreams right it's true it's true and i suppose oh. <laughs> my grandma was a teacher um and the amount of people that talked about her instilling in them a love of reading was just incredible that's beautiful yeah the amount of like specific childhood books that people referenced her reading to them was really oh that is so tender I love that yeah (laughs) so yeah I guess a little update I don't really have many updates I've queried I think like less than 10 agents um I think I'm I've gotten like responses back from maybe half of them all all know which Mm -hmm. like I wasn't really I was expecting um because okay. I'm kind of doing it in waves and trying to make my query letter better each time. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm kind of like, I'm sick of waiting. Let me just perfect this some more and get some more feedback on it and then query a couple more agents and see. Um, and I lo- what I love about Query Tracker, the website is like, you can literally see if they are reading um, like people's queries. Like, so some, some of the people that I'm thinking of querying, like in my next round, are like reading have read ones from a couple days ago already so like they're you know they're they're fast and they're like caught up so i think that'll that really helps my like morale because i can actually see okay this person may actually i may get a response and may not like i may still be in the headspace that i could be like actually thinking about this because like when i queried my other book it's just it takes so long for so many agents to respond and it's like well just kind of sitting here and i'm forgetting about this and moving on to other things and i kind of wish i was still in that mindset um so yeah and I actually started to get back into, um, believe it or not, I actually wrote a third book in high school, but it's really, really bad and really terrible. And it's like, <laughs> I basically would need to change the whole story. So I, like, I started trying to figure out what I would change. And like, really, the only thing that would stay the same would be the characters. So <laughs> um, yeah. I was doing that. Um, and that was fun to get back into that story. It's more like sci-fi, like my um, other, other book. So I really, uh, yeah, I feel good. Um, but I would like to read my query and see what you think again yes, <laughs> for like I'm the 50th excited. time. <laughs> but you well, haven't read it to me before, so that's exciting. I also have, yes, I have not read it to you. Um, yeah, let's see. And I definitely, I don't know if you actually ever read like the final version. I can't remember before mm-hmm. I, um, sent it to like pitch wars and stuff. Um, so this is like the final version, but I've tweaked it even more. So okay, let's see. Dear Anna Claire, <laughs> 16-year-old film buff Cassidy would rather fight in an apocalypse than deal with high school anymore. After all, escaping into movies is easier than replaying her boyfriend cheating on her. But when she wins a sweepstakes to spend spring break with her favorite actor and celebrity crush, 17-year-old Hunter Bishop, Cassidy finally starts to enjoy her reality. From the moment she and Hunter meet, Cassidy wishes she could read his mind. She learns he had a say in the final winner, which means he chose her. But why? The two grow closer over the phone in the weeks before the trip, and on their first night together in paradise, she gets her answer in the form of a kiss. Hunter and Cassidy spend a week falling for each other in the Caribbean, but when the trip comes to its inevitable end and Hunter tells her he doesn't think they could be together, Cassidy's forced to go home as if nothing happened. As she struggles to move on, she lets her frustration with him propel her into a new relationship, one that stability is grounded in her small-town reality. A year after the contest, and now in a long-term relationship, Cassidy sees Hunter across a hotel lobby and has to make a choice. Is she still the girl from the islands, or is that version of her destined to exist in a faded memory? Told in alternative, alternating timelines of then and now, Cassie's life on the islands and afterwards play out side by side. Like her, we never truly leave paradise. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then I go into my bio where I say I've never published anything and I'm terrible. Shut <laughs> up. I'm just kidding. I still, I know I keep saying this and it's stupid probably, 
but I still want you to put that you ran that Justin Bieber fan account into your bio, especially for this book. What does that? Have to, oh, I was like, what does that have to do with anything? I guess it does have to do with because it's about a celebrity. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like agents would appreciate that. You're probably right. And like, it shows you can create material that like young fan girls can appreciate. Yeah, but like that account doesn't exist anymore, and I literally have no memory of anything I posted on. <laughs> So, do you have an idea of how many followers you have? A few thousand, I think, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good to me. I mean, I used it when I got my job at Twitter, so I'm sure it's, I can use it for this, too. It all relates. It all relates. And everything in my life will come back down to that Justin Bieber Twitter account. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I really <laughs> liked it. I, I, I feel like it's coming more together as, like, a solid piece. Does that make sense? Because it's, like beginning you talk about how she is escaping reality and then how finally she likes her reality and but then things fall to shit and then you're like oh by the way the this whole story is structured in a way that like yeah involves escape so that's really cool and like arty and shit i think yeah. the only i think huh i was gonna say the first um or the first couple iterations i mean this is like the only iteration of this that actually says that they, she like sees him again but because it's told in like a then and now, that that doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really happen early. It doesn't happen early in the book, but like, I don't know. I just thought it was necessary because that's, it's just, yeah. it was just so hard to write it not chronological, like chronologically, even though the book is not chronological. So I was like, ugh. But yeah, I like that I extra detail because it makes me more excited to see what happens after that. Even though it doesn't happen to like the last third of the book, but I mean, I don't know what else to I really <laughs> put there. So yeah, because yeah. it gives you more of a sense of like the story as a whole. I'm a fan. Mm hmm. Um, the only critique I could think of, I think you used the word wish near the beginning. And for some reason, Mm. can you read the first two sentences again? Um, I think it was, I used wish in the second paragraph, but it was, I stumbled because Cassidy wishes is very hard to say with all those S's. Right. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. I was thinking more like, um, oh, because it comes right after you saying that she finally enjoys her reality. Mm. Following that up with, like, something that she's not satisfied with makes it point. Yeah. weaker, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking you could do, because even, like, the early love is frustrating, it's still exciting, so you could express it like that. Like, Cassidy is, like, fascinated by what's really going on inside of his brain. Yeah. Intrigued or something, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Because it's just like, Cassidy's has one good moment, and then it's terrible, and then a good... <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But she's still not happy. No, yeah, it didn't even it seem sucks. like... It didn't even seem like that. It was just like... Um, no, I get it, yeah. Because they're so short. Queries, short things are really strong when, like, the dichotomies are on point, and your dichotomies are really, mm-hmm. like, coming together. God, I love little shit like that, where you can, like take a little aspect and just change it to make everything else work oh maybe i do have actually, the right job as an editor i actually mm. had um one of my beta readers who helped me with mm-hmm. the story as a whole i had her look over the query and she's actually i totally forgot but she's actually like a kidlit author no well, kidlit of course my technically story is kidlit but she's like a picture book author and i was like oh that's really cool because i think that's just interesting i feel like having somebody look at such a short thing like a query yeah, I mean, you have to be you true. have to be really strong to get a picture book. I mean, everyone's like, it's so easy to make. It's really not. You have to have a story that is so strong and yet so short. And it's yeah. Like, ah. So it takes yeah. a lot. 
It what does. Point. I like all the. I like how celebrities like. It's kind of cute when celebrities make kids books. Like there's mm-hmm. one by John Cena that's really cute. <laughs> <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, anyway. I know the um the guys from McFly. It's like a early two thousands British boy band. I think they mm-hmm. wrote the that year three thousand song that the Jonas Brothers did. Yeah. But anyways, they have a kids book called The Dinosaur Who Pooped a Planet. Who has is it? One of the night hosts who has a book about Trump, like one of the um, late night people. I don't know who it. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> I have no clue. But, but cool. there's definitely one. Yeah. 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 I interviewed an artist once who was really inspired by picture books too. Um, I think it's, they're just, I mean, I remember um, I read like a really good picture book with a kid that I nannied and I was like, I'm going to buy this like <laughs> just for one day because it was just so good and it was so unlike all the like kind of normal everyday picture books you just see all the time in every little kid's bookshelf so yeah this artist was like really fascinated particularly with like how adult some of the themes are but it goes back to Mm -hmm. what what we were talking about before like stories have a purpose and of course you know some late night host is making a book about trump because a lot of parents care about that shit yeah and that same, I mean, it all goes back to, to Pixar and how smart they are with putting mm-hmm. adult, you know, things that everyone can appreciate, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty hard because you can, there's some animated movies and animation studios that will just use poop jokes instead of jokes that everyone can. <laughs> yeah, it's I true. Mean, I love a good poop joke, but at some point I, you know, want something a little more highbrow because I'm an yeah. adult. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny because you're kind of like the queen of poop jokes in my brain. That that is that's why I said that. I had to clarify. I really know I am. I'm I'm not in most people's brains, which I don't think. Uh, yeah, people I'm close on... to at least. I don't think anyone yeah. like randomly will be like, "Hey." Yeah, you don't like immediately strike me as someone who likes poop jokes, but then once you get to know you, you don't give off a poop joke vibe. Uh... I'm glad to hear that. I should put that in my bio. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, this was our mini-sode. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you liked the episode, feel free to give us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. You can follow us on Twitter at ObsessNaturally or email us at anobsessivenature at gmail.com. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>